Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Thank you for joining me on the PBL Simplified Podcast. My name is Ryan Stoyer, and I've got a great conversation teed up today with Danny Bauer from Better Leader, Better Schools. And we are in this series on talking about confidence. We've talked about you as a confident leader. We've talked about how you build confidence in your staff. And confidence isn't the only thing, right? You still need to build competence so that you have the right skills, the right resources, that you're using best practice in the classroom. But we know that if you have confidence, you're in the best position to do well. So if your choices were to be confident moving into a situation or not being confident moving into the situation, right, you would definitely pick confidence. So we're starting to build that process, knowing that we're still building a growth mindset. We're still building structures and processes within our school system to fulfill your vision. So we're going to continue that conversation today uh, around confidence, but this time we get to do it with Danny Bauer. Danny is an author. I would really highly recommend that you get his new book called Mastermind. We do talk about that in this podcast episode, but it talks about how you as a leader can connect with other great leaders uh, through a mastermind. I lead our mastermind. Danny leads a bunch of them. It's really great work and really intentional uh, personal uh, professional development that you can get as an educational leader. And Danny talks about that as well. So we'll get into it in the podcast. But I really love Danny's heart uh, for education and really just this conversation that we get to have. I've got some questions teed up for him, but he's like, you know what? Let's just have a really great conversation, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Danny, let's do that. So here is my conversation with Danny Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools. All right, PBL Simplified audience, we're excited to have you with us tuned in again uh, as we're talking about confidence and leadership and what that means. And we've got Danny Bauer with us from Better Leaders, Better Schools. And if you don't know Danny, uh, I'm glad you're listening today because I'm happy to make that introduction. Danny, thanks for being with us today. Ryan, thanks for having me on the show. This is a, this is a distinct honor. So thank you so much. Yeah, super glad to have you. Uh, we, we have kind of this love of masterminds that we share, I think. Um, you know, I'm in an entrepreneurial mastermind for the work that we do with Magnify Learning, but then also support some principals and superintendents through uh, mastermind as well. And you've kind of been living in this this space for a while, at least. I think that's maybe it's what, at least how I know you well. And you've got this book out, right? Mastermind, Unlocking the Talent Within Every School Leader. Can you just start off by just kind of letting us, letting us know a little bit about that book and, and your story? Yeah, so the the book started off. I was really lucky. Corin approached me to do a book on how I serve school leaders back mm-hmm. in 2019, and uh, I, I share that because it's important, you know. I think for the listener to understand that uh, 
Well, part of part of success is just consistently showing up and creating value for others, right? Yeah. And I think it was Seneca. I wrote about it this morning. I think Seneca said that luck has to do with uh, you know basically opportunity meeting preparedness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I do consider myself lucky, but I, w- I also work really hard, right, over the years. And uh, that just seems to, to happen. So I give you that context because I didn't pitch the book to the publisher. They came to me, actually. Oh, nice. So that's, that's really interesting. Uh, but anyways, so that the book tells the story of our leadership community, the mastermind, right? And you have a lot of experience with masterminds as well. And I want to talk about how that is changing the landscape of professional development for school leaders, right? And so, uh, yeah, that's what we did. It starts off with basically saying, what are the problems with PD, you know, these days? And then what, what's, why the mastermind's the solution. But also in the book, I introduced this framework called the ABCs of powerful professional development. So in my view, when you integrate authenticity, belonging, and challenge in a meaningful way, into a professional development experience, then that leads to life and leadership transformation. So, uh, yeah, that's what the book's all about. Yeah, I love your ABCs. Um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, the authenticity. Uh, and I guess when you say that, I can see that within the mastermind, right? As those, We'd all say that those are important things, but the mastermind kind of achieves all of those. And we've all been in sit and get type PDs, right? Where maybe we get a nugget here or there, but over the hour, you know, maybe a minute or two is helpful. So how, how does the mastermind kind of work around this, you know, kind of traditional PD mindset of I'm going to listen to a webinar for an hour, or I'm going to go to a conference and get eight separate hour sessions. Like how does the mastermind kind of work its way through that? Yeah. So, I mean, it challenges traditional professional development models for sure. And you know, the C, the challenge part, I think we can hit at least uh, initially with your question, although all, all the parts certainly are relevant. But, you know, you go to a conference, you go to an online course and this kind of stuff. It's really about like feeling good. You know, it's about ideas. It's about inspiration, which is nice, you know. But one of my superpowers is about taking action, right? John Doerr, who wrote Measure What Matters, says ideas are easy, executions, everything. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you're not moving, if you're not taking action and creating results, then what, what does it matter, right? So a conference is great, brings together all these wonderful people, teaches important concepts, but it's really up to you to implement what you learn. And I'm sorry, but that's like few and far between, you know, because mm-hmm. you do get inspired. And what happens is then you go back to the normal day-to-day routine and it's like, oh, where's your plan for implementation? So if there's one tip to make online courses and conferences better, uh, block off at least one more day, right? Add it on to the end of the conference, that kind of deal. You can journal, you can start to put together a plan, figure out how you're going to hold yourself accountable for taking the action. But masterminds are, are infinitely better than everything we just discussed uh, because you're getting together with other people who understand the position. It's a weekly, you know, for me, it's a weekly experience and offer and you're, you're thinking about education leadership deeply right on, on this cadence where your relationships are getting stronger between you and the other uh, participants and you're wrestling with the questions that you need to solve right so just just in its very essence of how it's built 
it pushes leaders to take action. Yeah, I think the other piece that's inherent in the mastermind, you know, in a weekly cadence, as you as you said, is that things come up, right? And then, you know, you can now address them with people that you have a relationship with. And it's like this just in time. I mean, sometimes we talk about just in time PD, but this is like just in time, it's authentic, you have the belonging and and people know you, so they know where you're coming from. Can you maybe give us an example out of uh, your experience with masterminds, you're, you're with leaders all the time. So can you give us a story of a leader who's winning right now through all this? Whew, there's so many. I'm going to pick Erin, uh, who's in Massachusetts. She, she leads a very interesting school. I'm going to try to keep it kind of general, right? Just to sort of protect her identity. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a school where basically when public schools give up on students, they send them to this school. So you can imagine the schools have great, you know, students have great needs, right? And it's going to take a real special space and place for these kids to thrive. And yet they are, they are in their school setting. One, they're doing things differently Two, I think more importantly, they actually are meeting the kids where they're at, seeing and hearing them, maybe for the first time in their educational experience. And the kids are coming to school, right? And again, being successful by all the ways that schools get measured for success. So that's pretty cool. You know, and, and that's one of the pillars of education. I, I think about student achievement, attendance, discipline, you know, and, and normally I, I riff and I sort of harp on systems because that's all we talked about during leadership meetings. However, that's not what I found the most inspiring in terms of the work, you know, of a school leader. Uh, but, but long story short, those things are working for Aaron. Another interesting thing, you know, in, in the mastermind, we, we went through this workshop uh, that my friends uh, Rick and Lisa created called the Empathy Workshop. You know, that's the beautiful thing about great ideas, great ideas spread, right? And you find the others and you pass it on to them. Well, we, we go through the Empathy Workshop and wouldn't you know it, you, you were talking about just in time. So Erin had to have one of the hardest conversations she's ever had to have in her professional career basically the next day. And, mm. and it was keeping her up at night, anxiety, stress, you know, were off the charts. And then she worked the steps of the empathy workshop, which really puts you in the person's shoes in a person that she had all the right to be upset with, you know, and, and maybe even a bit judgmental on this kind of stuff, but that never helps, never solves anything. One of the key lessons that is taught in the empathy workshop is when somebody's sort of done talking and sharing their perspective, you say, is there anything else? Tell me more, right? Yeah. And you're really, you're creating a space for them. So basically this very hard conversation went, went as good as it could have been. And it would have been remarkably different if she had approached it with the feelings and the emotions, you know, and, and, and how she was before experiencing that empathy workshop in the mastermind. Yeah, that's so good. Cause it hits on, you know, as leaders <laughs> in the seat, right? Like you can't always bounce your ideas off of your staff because it's just not appropriate. Right. And so who do you yeah, bounce these ideas yeah. off of? And sometimes as leaders, you know, we, we head into war with like the wrong feelings, right? Like in this case, like, man, that person's wrong and I'm right. I'm going to go do this. And the mastermind can be that space, right. Of, Hey, what do you guys think? If it's it's people you trust, and they say, "Hey, maybe you're coming at this from the wrong direction." Let's let's do an empathy mm-hmm. workshop, or, you know, or empathy protocol of some kind, and can really change your mind. 
um, you know, maybe before you make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's a great, great example of, uh, you know, somebody who's winning and then and winning in community. So you've got yeah. this term called ruckus maker, you know, and, and sure. you know, I don't know that you can trademark those two terms, but I know that they, they come up with you. Like, what does it mean to be a ruckus maker? I thought about it. Yeah. You might be able to. I'm sure you could. Yeah. Uh, well, I have other tools. Like I call it the ruckus maker mindset and those kind of things. And I, I've been trademarking those. Yeah, good, <laughs> so. good. But 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 the idea, you know, it's a tip of the hat actually to a coach and mentor, Seth Grodin, right? He talks about yeah. go make a ruckus. He's had such a profound impact on my thinking and how I show up in the world. That that again is an idea that's always resonated with me. So I want to share it with my community. And I think about my uh, my my experience in education. I, I think about the change that I want to create, and that's what it's all about, right? We know the system needs to change, yet there's that quote about insanity. You keep doing the same things, you know, expecting different results. Like, don't get frustrated by that. So that's sort of the answer. Go make a ruckus. Do something differently. You know, color outside of the lines. I say that I'm an unorthodox leadership coach, right? And my quote is, why make, you know, why follow the rules when you make them up, right? And that's that's the thing is that, you can think that you're in a system that has all the rules, but really, after you let life and experience teach you, actually, we're making up all the rules as we go. It's an invitation. Oh, there you go. The invitation, you know, the permission to say, hey, let's, let's go do what's right for these kids or what's right for our teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that does cause a ruckus. I love that you're pulling a lot of your work from Seth Godin. He, he had an interesting take. I saw one time in education and he brought up the idea that, hey, maybe sending your kid to a big institutional college, maybe that's not a safe bet. Maybe that's, yeah. you know, maybe that's a dangerous place to send an 18 year old without direction. You know, <laughs> So I, I like the idea of just pulling in some different ideas and outside of the box and, and giving people permission to do that. What, what are some of those things you've heard from leaders? What are some creative solutions that they've come up with as you invite them to color outside the lines? You know, I remember as schools were, were, in, were in COVID, like just thinking about what does graduation look like, you know? So a couple things come to mind. So, uh, Joe and John in California, they did, they created a, a virtual graduation ceremony, basically like through Minecraft, you know, yeah, and okay. the kid, kid, kids built it, you know, from the ground up and, they found that really engaging and fun. And that's meeting the kids where they're at. And then there's a, uh, there's Chris, who I call doc. Um, he's out on the East coast and they had prom, uh, not graduation, but they had prom in Gillette stadium, right. Where the Patriots play. Ah. And, and they were just looking for a, a massive open air space, right. Where kids could, still have that milestone moment, but do it safely, right? Because we're battling COVID, still are. And so anyways, you know, those, those, are, those are two uh, leaders or three, I guess, that are thinking in creative ways. Um, but we could, we could go on forever on that topic. Like they're, they're doing all sorts of things out there. Yeah. How do they, so this is all wrapped up in a month on talking about confidence as leaders, how do they have the confidence to, you know, go rent out the stadium where the Patriots play? Like, where does the confidence for that creativity come from? I'd have to ask if he even paid. But, you know, I mean, 
I'm sure your parents taught you or certainly Dan Miller taught you like the answer is no, unless you ask. Right. Yeah. That's right. And so I'm, I'm about to do, uh, I'm about to do this. Um, I hopefully it won't spoil the surprise. I don't think they'll be listening. We'll see about to do this training with a, with a school. I'm going to keep it pretty general. They have a, they have a relationship with the arts performing arts center. You would know the, <laughs> you would know the place yeah. if I, uh, if I named it. And, uh, and that city has Hamilton, right? Mm. Uh, there performing. So we're talking about back to school, inspiration, vision, this kind of thing. And, the, and teachers have been really beat up, you know, over the last few years. So again, like creative, like how do you get these things to happen? You just ask. And so the principal is asking, and I'm 100% confident it's going to happen. But we're going to have a little mini Hamilton performance you know, for the, for the teachers there just to live their spirits and, and to build culture in yeah. a create a remarkable moment. You know, they have no idea it's coming. It's going to happen. We're going to yeah. pull it off. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things. I, I've, I heard another story. It's, it's another guy's story. He works with these like really high, high level people. The punchline is this for one of his clients, he's, he's known for creating remarkable experiences and, and he was able to pull off a private dinner, right, with his client, his client's partner and mother-in-law or something, or maybe both sets of parents, sitting at the, at the foot of the David statue there in Italy, mm. with Italy's most famous opera singer performing in completely private, right? Yeah. Can you imagine having that experience? And this guy who was telling the story of pulling this off, this is what he does. He was talking to like sort of the museum director, whoever had Hancho in charge. And like, hey, aren't I an amazing guy for pulling this off? And the Italian was just like, you know, maybe, right? Yeah. He's like, whoa, like he wants his equal stroke in this moment. Yeah. And he goes, okay, if it's not me and how amazing I am and like, you know, all my talents and tools and resources and network, then what, why, how did we get this to happen? And the museum director basically said, well, nobody's ever asked. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's so good. Just ask. Well, I, 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 it resonates with me because I know as I talk with leaders, they, they think there are all these extra boundaries and teachers have the same thing, right? We think that we're you know, bound by these certain ideas. And sometimes we just need to ask and say, Could, can I do that? Right. And, and and, and then just go for it. And you have the right reasons behind it, right? Like the right why. And, and people can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's a quick takeaway. We had one, one reviewer that said, hey, we want some, some you know, immediate takeaways from the podcast. It's like, great. Like, thanks for the feedback. Like, so there's one right there. You know, PBL Simplified listener. Like, just ask and see what you can creatively kind of find out what you can get, get into. For sure. Well, like I was saying, you know, one of my superpowers is taking action, right? So asking is one way you can take action, but don't be just a passive consumer. Again, this podcast is just like an online course or a conference, right? There's ideas there. And I would actually challenge the listener, and I can do this because it's not my show. So I'll challenge the listener. It's actually your responsibility to find the practical tip because they're all there in every story. In every conversation you've recorded over the last four years, there are practical things. 
We might not have highlighted do this tomorrow, but if you're listening, right? Yeah. It's up to you. That's your responsibility to figure out and, and to take action. Yeah. Got it. Go take, go take action. So, so Danny, as our listeners, we, we've got leaders on here. They're looking to bring project-based learning to their schools, maybe their districts. How do they set themselves and their staff up for success and not just say, hey, we're going to do this, ready, go, right? But how can they kind of intentionally set things up to be successful? I would say, uh, you know, really resource your staff. So often we get excited about a new initiative or plan, this kind of thing. And then there's a disconnect between what the district wants to achieve, what the school wants to achieve, and the actual training, you know, and resources that go into that. And recently I, I, I wrote a post. I'll see if I can find it while we're, while we're chatting. But I was reading an a article, academic article, some about like seven something, here we go, seven strong claims about successful school leadership, right? And it was a really good article, but they basically found four categories and 19 practices that all the you know, successful school leaders employ. And so one of them is just to develop the organization to support desired practices, right? And part of that is just allocating the resources in support of school vision and goals. So if your vision and goal is to have a rock and PBL program, what are you doing resource-wise, right? And I could, I could tell everything I need to tell about you if I look at your calendar and your bank account, you know, because mm-hmm. your yeah. time and your money are directly correlated to your priorities and, and what you find important. So I, I encourage, you know, just every every listener, you know, if you have a vision and it includes PBL, think about how you're intentionally supporting your staff through implementing that, right? So it could be books, it could be courses, it could be conferences, it could be coaches and trainings, all sorts of different things. But put some money behind it and then protect time for mm. people to actually practice. And again, implement. It's all about taking action. That's good the resource of time and money. I, I like it when you say protect time too, right? We know our teachers are in a pretty tough spot. Like you mentioned sure. last couple of years, even right. Not just you yeah. know, one year, not one. Oh, that bad class. That was crazy. It was like multiple years that were, you know, in a lot of ways outside of teacher control. So protecting that time tells us what's important. Yeah, absolutely. One more question. And then we'll see where people can reach out to get more resources from you and learn from you. As I, kind of research and, and look at a lot of your materials, vision's a big piece, like it's important for you. So as we talk about school vision or leadership vision, how how do you suggest these leaders that are listening, you know, how do you suggest they start visioning some of this work? Yeah, it may, it may seem counterintuitive, but I actually, so I, I did my first live event back in November of uh, 21, I guess that was, but I called it the Remarkable Vision Formula. Three steps to creating a remarkable life, a remarkable family, and a remarkable school. So before you get to school vision and incorporating PBL potentially into that design, a third of our two-day experience was focused just on a vision for yourself. Mm, yeah. Like, how are you getting better? How, how are you spending uh, time? You know, what, what's on your sort of uh, dream list or some might call it a bucket list? Uh, what do you need to be doing to show up at your best and all that kind of stuff? 
So I don't, I don't mean to not answer like the, the school related aspect of it. It's just, I also teach something called an ideal week and my approach towards the ideal weekend vision is the same. Put yourself first because you can't pour from an empty cup. Second, then put on all your family commitments, right? So same thing with vision. What vision do you have for your family? What milestones do you want to create? You know, I had, a, I had another principal in the mastermind. She said, I'm a better parent to my students than to my own children. How tragic, yeah. right? And yeah. many leaders, school leaders feel that way. You're not going to be able to catch probably all your kids' performances, but you can catch a lot more than you currently are. And so if you resonate with that idea of missing the soccer game or the band performance or whatever, that's because it's not protected and prioritized on your calendar. So whether it's ideal week vision, it's you, then family, then school. That's the approach. Yeah, that's super good. That's like a whole podcast, like in that one little nugget, right? Like we talk a yeah, lot yeah, about yeah, that, for sure. <laughs> right? We talk about that a lot in the mastermind. We start to challenge. We start with like, well, how much, how many hours are you putting in the weekend? Right? Like, okay, yeah, let's, let's yeah, crunch yeah. that, right? Because you're, you're missing prime time with family. So, so mm-hmm. good. And so simple, right? Like start with you, then family, then school. And if you don't have the first two, you probably don't have the third one, right? You probably don't have a good handle yeah. on that. Or if, if you feel like you're doing school well and you don't have the first two, well, what, what happens when your identity as school leader is over, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. career comes to an end, whether it's for, through retirement, you get fired, or you make some type of change. But hopefully, right, when that's all said and done, don't you want a family to come back to? Don't you want a, a sense of self and soul that you've nurtured, like, or you want to come home to an empty, like, come on, the answer is simple. So. Yeah, it is simple. And the process is is more simple than it actually thinks. Like, I know there's a leader listening right now that says that there's no way I have time for that, but it's there. Like even super busy principals, you know, I know we found one principal and she had started the school and it was amazing work. It was three years later and she's still printing report cards on the weekends wait a minute, is there anyone else that could do that? Like anybody, right? Well, yeah, I suppose a secretary could do that. That's correct. And you could spend three more hours with your family, right? It's like, so once you think about it and put some intentionality into it, it really fits well and it shows your staff a good direction to go as well. So that's a good word. Yeah, thank you. Well, Danny, I love what's come out of this conversation and, and I'd love for more people to get into your work. What's the best way for us to reach out to you? Thanks. Daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com is my email. My, my cell is uh, 312-788-7595. And Better Leaders, Better Schools. I mean, you can find, you type that into Google, you'll find all the places, all the social, all the website. But uh, yeah, email or, or cell is a great way to connect. Okay. And we'll connect some of those other resources like the podcast and the book and the show notes for people to jump into right away. Appreciate uh, your work, Danny, and then the accessibility that you just gave us to you and email and, and sell. And I can really tell you have a heart for these leaders and not just the position they're in, but as people. So really appreciate that. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for tuning in to meet my friend, Danny Bauer, and to, to tie into some of his work. And as you do that, you're going to find out that you can engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classroom.